uh, Right or Die show. I am your host, Brandy Lee Boslaw. On today's episode, we have a really interesting guest. His name is Derek Scarzella. I hope I said that right. Pretty sure I did. All right, let's get to it. So welcome, Derek. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you, Randy. It's, it's great to be here. So I always start with the easiest and hardest question at the same time, because some people find this really easy to talk about themselves and some people don't, but tell us about yourself. Ah, oh gosh, where do I begin? Exactly, so, that's why it's hard. <laughs> now, I'm a Maryland boy, uh, born and raised in Maryland. I live in Springfield, Virginia, so I've been in and around the DMV pretty much my entire life. Uh, both of my novels are set in the District Maryland in Virginia. And, you know, I've uh, had a variety of jobs. I've been a security guard, software salesman, manufacturing rep. Oh, wow. Wor- worked in my grandpa's family business until Which I was-, was? A flower shop. Yeah. Okay. Owned okay. a flower shop for 65 years. And he was a little Catholic guy, but we specialized in Jewish weddings. So it was a cherished, yeah, cherished that time of my life. And, um, but yeah, always um, fascinated by entertainment, an entertainment obsessive, and, you know, wrote some books and, and got them published. And, and here we are. Wonderful. And I just, I'll admit, I haven't had a chance to read Derek's books yet, but they are definitely on my list. And I loved when I went in my mailbox last week and I opened it up and I was like, oh, there's a package. And I know I didn't order anything. And I look and I open it up and it's the, the cover of your, your new your book there. I love the sleekness. It's like all black. It looks like, ooh, I want to read it. So I'm excited to get to read it. And once I do read it, I will be posting a review on my website. So everybody look out for that. Um, but other than that, how about you tell us a little bit about what what style of books that you write? So these these are crime novels, you know, these are these are thrillers. Um, and, and each one's each one's quite different, which I wanted to to I wanted it to be that way. I like variety. I like doing new things, you know, not necessarily repeating myself. But the first one is about, you know, two men one is uh, a wannabe rapper. You know, he wants to get in the game and, and, and start running around with gangs and whatnot. The other person is actually an MS-13 enforcer. So he's actually in the game. And it's about how their lives intertwine and, you know, and how you need to decide what you really want to be in life sort of thing. And the next one is called Knuckle Crack Bone. And that's about the mafia. You know, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. being Italian, you know, the mafia... Is something that always it's always there you know people are always talking about it or the legends about it and you know this is about some enforcers you know my, my favorite subject who who want to get out of the game and and how they do it, it's pretty bombastic and what they try and do and, and what they struggle with and um you know it's got it's got a lot of action a lot of a lot of all the good stuff and um it was a lot of fun to write and i'm just glad it's out there for everybody to enjoy I'm really looking forward to reading them because as much as I have a a big long list of books that I'm reading now with everybody sending me, which is so overwhelming and exciting, my favorite stories to read are horrors and thrillers and that kind of thing. So I'm really looking forward to reading yours because they fit right in that genre that I would normally pick up. Um, Although it is fun to get books that I wouldn't normally pick up because I am enjoying them. But yeah, it is nice to get back to what I I really like. <laughs> we, all, we all have our personal favorites. Exactly. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to those. All right, let's switch gears and get to the heavy topic here. 
mental health. That's why everybody is watching. So what mental health have you struggled with? You know, um, I guess I've just got to stick with the classics, you know, anxiety and depression, you know, um, you know, uh, growing up, you know, was exposed to some alcoholism and, and whatnot. And um, just going from there, it's, it's one of those things where you don't realize how it affects you until you're able to look back and, and think about it. And um, it's something, you know, I've struggled with, you know, most of my life. But thankfully, I've been able to, you know, work through it and, and get beyond it and, and manage it. And hopefully I can share some of those tips today with people. Definitely. Um, yeah. yeah. That's what we're all about here, sharing those tips. Because now that you can look back, how do you notice that it's affected you? You know, I think what it's, it's when you're experiencing something that someone isn't experiencing, you know what I mean? It's, it's when you're, even though you might be going through the same thing with somebody, it might affect you differently or it's hanging on, or you're hung up on something that they're not, you know? And, and that's when I realized like, wait a minute, this isn't normal. Cause I, I talk to people cause I'm, I like to communicate, you know, I've been in sales my entire career sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yes, you're a talker. Yeah, I'm a, <laughs> that's the one thing I am good at. <laughs> but besides my writing. But, yes. um, but yeah, when you're with someone and, and you're going through something that they're not, that's a huge indicator. Um, and I like to bounce ideas off of people. And I just realized like, well, what this isn't normal. And it's not bad, but, you know, I'm having a problem where someone isn't and I need to work on that. Mm-hmm. And um, that's probably one of the biggest indicators I can think of. Yeah, that's a really good one. That's kind of similar to myself. I noticed that I would tell people whatever was going on in life or whatever, thinking this is just my life, right? This is what I know. And when you are raised in that environment or you live that environment, that's what you know. So that's what you think is normal. Then when, like you said, you start talking to those other people and you're realizing it's not so normal. Okay, so what do I need to do? Why, Why is this happening? Why am I thinking this way? And then kind of work on those things. Absolutely. 100%. So when was it that you noticed or you realized that what you were experiencing wasn't normal? I mean, right out of high school and probably around my college years sort of thing. It's when, and when you're, when you're in high school, everything's crazy. Everybody's sort of crazy. Hormones. Yeah. Hormones are going crazy (laughs) and all sorts of wild stuff's happening regardless. But it was out when I was in the real world and I just spent time with myself. You know what I mean? And I was with friends and, and I, I had odd jobs and whatnot, but it was when I just had time to sit down and reflect like, well, wait a minute, you know, um, what, what I went through as a child affected me, you know, what, what, what is going on? Where am I going? And some of it was, you know, situational too, when you start thinking about how to progress in your life, but you have this anchor of mental illness sort of dragging you down. Yeah. Um, you know, that's when it sort of came together for me where I really understood like, you know, again, this is a problem. This is starting to affect my life and I need mm-hmm. to work around this. So that's kind of like me. I realized that as a teenager, my mom, she ended up marrying somebody who was an alcoholic. And mm-hmm. now I realize when people started yelling or raising their voice, it brought me back to that scared little girl yeah. who had no control over her life, who couldn't, you know, I couldn't leave. I didn't know what to do. And I would just go and I'd hide in my room because there would be yelling and screaming because whenever he got drunk, that's what happened. So as an adult, 
I can, I've worked through some of that. It's still, I still really, I'm not a big fan of yelling, but I mean, I just don't like yelling maybe, <laughs> but early on in, you know, my, my young adult years, I was very much like, oh, somebody's yelling. What do I do? What do I do? And then I started realizing why that trigger was happening. And I started going, I'm not going to talk to you if you're going to yell at me. And I would just walk away from the situation. No, I, I agree 100%. And that was actually very similar to, to, to some experiences I've gone through where, um, you know, I didn't, you don't, you don't know what PTSD is until you look at a, a definition, but there was times in my life at, at my jobs, you know, and I never hurt anybody or anything, but in some, in situations where in sales, you're experiencing different personalities, like very um, strong yeah. personalities, sometimes in starts, insults start flying. It's very ejaculate atmosphere. Yeah. But there was, there was times where, um, you know, I was shook by it. I was shaken by it. And I didn't, yeah. and like, I think you may have had a saving experience. I felt a bit trapped by the yes. situation. And I didn't realize that was my trauma coming out and affecting me in yeah. a way that was maybe necessary, but but that, and that, and again, that's where that split comes in where who you're dealing with, maybe they are being a bit of a, um, a nasty person, but um, you know, they don't understand they're in a different space than you are. So they don't realize what's happening to you. Exactly. You know? So um, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. So how did you work through some of that stuff? So how I worked through it, I, I basically educated myself. You know, I read a lot of books. Um, <laughs> psychology is something that's always interested me yes. and, um, you know, learning about sociopathy, psychopathy, narcissism, and, and just, there's some actually great newsletters out there. Um, for instance, um, Eric Barker, if, if you want a little bit of small doses of self-help, I know that's a funny word or funny phrase to use, but yeah, he, yeah. he just has this great newsletter that talks about the secrets of happiness or how to deal with stress. Like some of it's from actual Navy SEALs, right? Oh, wow. Who get, um, yeah, they, they get um, advice, the training, of course, but how to deal with pain, how to deal with your, your own emotions, right? One of the ways is to start counting to 10. I know it, it's what they do with kids, but when you're going through an emotion, it's a physical response. But if you can get your frontal cortex going and get your mind going, you can actually suppress the emotion and just move forward. So it's, you know, I'm giving you the very truncated version of that. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, but but Eric Barker is great. And just reading books, there's another one called The Wisdom of Psychopaths. Um, I read that and it's all about how, you know, psycho. when you say the word psychopath, it turns into a negative thing. Like, oh, you're thinking about people who chop up bodies. Yeah. Which is, which is always fun to talk about. But, I love true crime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but there's also the fact that, you know, a psychopath, the, the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath, both lack empathy, but psychopaths literally have a separation in their brain from the part of the brain that processes emotions and guilt. Uh, I'm sorry, the, pro the part of the brain that processes emotions and empathy and the part of the brain that processes fear and guilt. Because those are like, those things are physical, whereas the emotions and uh, empathy are processed up here, right? In your frontal yes. cortex. And there's strategies you can use to, to adopt that, like meditation, like, you know, just- That is a running theme in most of my interviews. Everybody mentions meditation. So clearly that must be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I, I use it. I don't do a lot of meditation, 
But, um, but just in terms of understanding what fear is, how it's processed in the brain. And again, because like, like you experience what I experience, just because we feel a certain way doesn't mean it's real, you know? Yes, and, exactly. Yeah, and, and to be able to take yourself out of that bad space and just understand, look, this is happening. I'm safe. I have control. I can take myself out of the situation mm-hmm. or you can defend yourself in, in various ways. It's, yeah. it's just very important to educate yourself, understand the problem, and then you're allowed to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. That was a whole lot of like <laughs> important information. Wow. Um, I do have to note, though, of course, neither Derek nor myself are doctors. Yeah. This is all from personal experience. <laughs> yes. Um, just in case somebody wants to, you know, comment things. Um, but it's still great information to have, right? Um. All right. So what other things have you noticed really help you in dealing with your depression and anxiety? Um, friends and family. You know, I've, um, I have some friends um, that, I don't know, birds of a feather flock together. You know, <laughs> I haven't heard that in so long. Yeah. No, but I've, I've had some really good friends in my life where you know, and it's sometimes you're so scared to be honest, even with people you love, because yes. you don't want to taint that, you don't want to turn that into something bad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've just been been so fortunate and blessed to have people in my life who've just listened. You know, they've listened to my stories, they've, they've listened to me talk about what I've gone through, and they just roll with it. You know, they just accept it. And, and you know, they tell you it's okay. Um, or, or just the act of listening and, and not recoiling or anything like that it does wonders for, for myself. Like I've, I felt like I was in a therapy session, just talking to my friends and, um, and I would just encourage anybody to do that. You know, it's, you never know how someone's going to react until you try, but Mm -hmm. but most of the time, you know, we, we forget we're all social creatures, right. And we all simply do want to help each other. But when you're in that depressed space, when you're in that PTSD space, you just, you're scared or you feel like you want to run away, but doing the exact opposite can just do wonders for you. And, and open up a lot of positive pathways. Yes, I totally agree. And that's really lucky that you had friends and family that were so open to listening because not everybody is. And I perhaps know. then there's not really people you want to be around. Yeah, well, every again, everybody's different. And, yeah. and I, I want to, like I said, I'm sort of careful because you, sometimes you want to feel it out. And some of those people I knew or opened up to me about their experiences. Yes. So um, it's okay to be selective. You don't need to tell everybody everything, but- Unless you're on the show, then you're telling everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling the world. So. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah, but but it's all about moving forward and it's, it's okay to roll the dice, you know? Yeah. Um, you have to yeah. do what's best for you, right? And moving forward with that. Exactly. Yeah, I know yeah. sometimes a lot of people get in that, fix it mindset where, okay, you're telling me your problems. Okay. This is what we're going to do to fix it. But like you said, just that act of them listening is all that you need. Sometimes you just need Uh to vent. You just need to get it out and have someone listen. My favorite is when my friends will listen and then go, that sucks. Like, yes, thank you. Thank you for understanding. I don't need you to fix it. I don't need you to tell me that things will get better. I just want you to agree with me that that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, and just, and if you want to help someone else too, you know, we yeah. all need help, but, but if you do want to help, like I've, I don't know, I've got this knack for getting people to talk, yeah. but, but the secret is just, just listening, just yes. ask a question. Don't interrupt. 
let them finish, and then maybe just ask another question, and and you can you know pull the information out of them, or or I mean you know they'll they'll let you know what the problem is, and then you can help them with it. But but I think the fix it mentality. I've been in situations where people have tried to fix it for me, and it's like eh, that's not really what I need. But no, exactly. Yeah, it's great that you point that out. Yeah, just being a great listener makes you a really great friend. hundred <laughs> percent. That's that is key. And what would you tell somebody who's listening right now uh, as a friend? Say you're talking to the friend of the person going through something. What would you tell them? You know, um, I is a wonderful story. When I was a, a teenager in high school, I actually said this to someone offhand. And later they told me it meant a lot to them. Okay. And, and what I like to say is someone out there loves you. Do it for them. And it's... You know, I said it and I didn't really think about how powerful that was. Um, I was just trying to cheer someone up. But in retrospect, it's just such a great way to think about it. You know what it I mean? Is. But of course, it doesn't need to be amorous love. Um, like someone out there cares for you. Someone out there cares. Someone yeah. out there wants to help. You know, just do it for them. Keep going. Yeah. And because that's, to me, when it comes, about, it comes to fighting depression and anxiety, for me, it's just moving forward. If you're able to move forward, if you're able to get that inertia going, yeah. even if it's just a walk outside, yeah. reading a book, watching a tell, well, not watch TV, you know. Well, it depends what you like. <laughs> Sometimes watching TV too, it'll help. But, but just keep moving for, if you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for someone else because there's plenty of people out there. Just do the next right thing. That's right. Left foot, right foot. Right. <laughs> so my, my grandson is obsessed with Frozen 2. Wow. And so do the next right thing is from Frozen 2, but it's a good point. It's a good lesson. If you don't know what else to do and you just need to move forward, just one next thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. And now what would you tell somebody who's listening who is in a state of depression or anxiety or whatever? Um, you know, just, um, again, keep moving, read something, you know, Get, get social. I know that's hard to do with, um, with COVID and everything, yeah. but we're, we're sort of on the tail end of it. I think things are going to change a lot in the next six months, but, but just keep fighting. I don't, I don't care what it is. Hit a punching bag, you know, swing a bat around. Um, hold on, hold on. When you said hit a punching bag, did you know I'm a kickboxer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So I so agree with that. Hit a punching bag. Yes. Yeah. Now, funny story. Um, around Christmas, my significant other actually got me a um, a punching bag thing. It's like the red. I guess it's a little uh, punching thing on a rod. But anyway, yep. you put water at the bottom so it just keeps coming back at you. Yep. And I had so much fun with that thing. And um, and that is a great way. Like if you're feeling depressed, why don't you just get angry and start hitting stuff? That's you right. Because fear and anger are are really tied to each other in ways we don't even understand. Yeah. And just letting it out, it's its a key to happiness. Yeah, I love that. And what we always say when, so I'm also a coach. And when we're in the gym, and it happens more in the kids' class, and they're they are so quiet. They'll, they'll hit the bag, and they're just getting so quiet. So we'll say, are we in the library, or are we in Muay Thai class? <laughs> Be loud. And that helps get those emotions out, like you're saying. It's not just the act of hitting, but yell. Yeah. Just let it out. Who cares yeah, if you're being loud? <laughs> Do it. Because you'll feel better afterwards. 
No, a hundred percent. And um, exercise, you know, like being in the, being in the gym, um, you know, and it, 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 I know it's sort of cliche, but just get in there, get big, get angry, yeah. move some metal. You yeah. know what I mean? Run, just do it. Just let it out. And it's, gosh, there's nothing better than, I'm sure you understand your kickboxer after training oh, yeah. or a good fight or, or yes. just the gym, you get those endorphins, your blood's going. And that's what it's all about. You know, that's, oh, yeah. that's the, the joy of life you know, yeah. getting the blood moving. Definitely. So here's a question that you didn't know I was going to ask you. What, how do you feel when you're in a depressed state? Oh gosh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, it's, I, I just feel like I can't move, you know, I just feel like, you know, I'm a big guy, but I feel like my, my body weighs a thousand pounds. <clears throat> you know what I mean? And I'll know I'm wasting time doing something silly, but I don't care. And I just don't feel that motivation to, to write or, or go outside or, <clears throat> excuse me, or talk to somebody. And um, yeah, it's just the sinking feeling. Never mind the whole, you know, just call it what it is, self-hate aspect of it. You know, because when I, when I think about depression and how I've had it, heard it described, it's just your, your brain gets into a negative cycle. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I say it's like AIDS for your mind in that, you know, AIDS destroys your self-defense mechanism, your immune system for your body. And I think we have an immune system in our mind as well, but depression like degrades that. And it's oh, that's just, an interesting way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just like, I, I feel my mind attacking itself like, oh, why didn't I do this? Well, then I could have done, well, I would have screwed up anyway if I tried. And that's just that negative cycle that you need to break. So you can rise up again and move on. But but that's the way I put it. I just, you know, I just feel draggy and upset, maybe angry, sad, you know, of course. <clears throat> Sorry, clear my throat here. But um, but yeah, I guess that's the only way I can, well, I could say some other stuff, but we only have so much time. <laughs> okay, that means that maybe you have to come back on and talk about it some more. <laughs> um yeah, no, I totally agree. And I feel like there is uh, a progression of it as well, at least for me, right? Because I'll start with like what you're talking about. Sometimes I'll, I'll get a little sad or angry and the, the voices in my head start of, oh, you're awful. Nobody likes you. Why did you do this? And just and then for me, it goes to a point, I go down, 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 that it goes to a point where I'm just flat. There is no more emotions. There is no more anything. I'm just, I'm here on this earth for no reason, but to just be a big blob sitting here, right? Yeah. And it's just no emotions, no happy, no sad, no nothing yeah. for me. Anyways, that's my kind of progression. And when I get to that end part of the progression where it is the flatness, the lack of emotion, that's the worst part for me. Yeah, no, I think um, that's accurate. You know, it's like you're just floating through time and space, but there's nothing there. You know? Yes, exactly. Now, have you ever had to wrestle with thoughts of suicide? Yes, yes. Um, now, I've, I will. I will say I've never. I haven't come close to it for for reasons like I've never actually picked up a knife. Um, I haven't stepped up to a. Well, I'm I'm scared of heights, so. <laughs> I'm not trying to find any tall, tall buildings. I like to go, but but not that way. 
But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if I was in a tough spot or you know, a cascade of problems, I'm, I'm sure we could all relate to that. I've just thought, wouldn't it be great to to find that building and the, and just you know let it go, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But um, you know what what keeps me away from that stuff is my family. You know, thinking about the future. Mm -hmm. You know, thinking about you know what what great piece of art am I going to miss out on? You know, because that's because that's the thing. Like we always look at when it, you think of life as a challenge and you just don't want to fight that challenge anymore. Yes. Um, and there's so many, so many, you know, wars, little, little metaphorical wars we're fighting, whether it's with our colleagues, families trying to get a new job or not having a job or, or you know, yeah. not getting something that you need healthcare wise or whatever, have to deal with that in this country. Um, but anyway, the short answer is yes. Yes. I've, I've thought about it, but. But I'm glad to hear that you have that, that something that pulls you back from those ideas. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's where that you, you finding your motivation and finding that yearning for that next step, fighting mm -hmm. for the sake of fighting, you know, yeah. it's, it's super important in terms of pushing through. Yeah. And it's a matter of just finding one small thing to bring you back, right? Where, yeah. I mean, if some people don't have family, which is, you know, unfortunate, but maybe they have a pet. And they need to be there for their dog to go walking. And, you know, your dog is waiting for you at home and you don't want to let them down, right? Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. It's the same kind of concept of finding that one thing to pull you back in, to give you some type of purpose. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, we always forget, you know, again, like someone out there loves you, do it for them, but there's always someone needs help. Why don't, why don't you go help them? Why don't you go volunteer? Why don't you um, get a dog? You know, <laughs> dogs, I love animals. <laughs> you know, dogs and, and pets are wonderful. You know, get a bird that can just fill your house with music, whether you like it or not, you know. Yeah, but my kid dogs. keeps asking for a bird. And... <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> we have cats and dogs. Yeah, no, my daughter's got a hamster and I just love it because it's so low maintenance, but you know, not, it's not loud. It's super cute. But but anyway, I digress. But um, no, but there's there's healthy problems to have, you yeah. know, and, and again, you, a, a pet is a healthy problem, you know, yeah. and um, you can have as many as you want. Just make That's sure right. you're eating them and cleaning. Yeah, them. exactly. Yeah. Having so I was always a cat person and now we have four. Oh, um, I know I love my babies, <laughs> um, but we also have two dogs now. And they have to be walked in the morning and in the evening because the one will not go to the bathroom in the backyard. You have to take them for a walk. And some days it's frustrating because like, oh, I don't want to take you right now. I don't have the energy. I don't have the, the will to get up and move, especially when I'm in those, those flat states like I talked about. Yeah. But having the dog jumping around, breathing in my face, all that lovely dog breath, because that's what he does. He comes right up in your face. <laughs> Makes me go, okay, fine, I'll get up. And But then once I get outside and the fresh air, even in the winter when there's snow on the ground, <laughs> I hate snow, um, it still makes me feel better. Even when the sun is behind clouds, it still makes me feel better. So having that thing where I know I have to get up and I have to go outside, it gives me a little, little boost 
which might just be enough to jumpstart me, which is yeah important. So finding that that something for you. No, absolutely. And 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 again, I I love walks. I love like if I know I have like an hour or two, and um, you know, I've got my writing taken care of and whatnot. I love going outside. And okay. you know, go to a go to a park. You know, watch some watch some kids play around and laugh and and just enjoy the sunshine and, and life and listen to the birds chirp. Yep. You know, what I mean? go out and smell the roses. You know, life life is a gift, and exactly. and being sure that you appreciate, you know, we're so conditioned in certain ways to just focus on our job and, and think that that's yeah. progress, right? Like how much money you have in your bank account is progress. But I've been fortunately in, in positions where, you know, I've made a lot of money for short periods of time, right? Just a good sales month sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I realized like, oh, wow, my, my bank account got bigger, but I'm still me, you know? Exactly. Still, you know, I haven't changed. Just yeah. a couple more zeros somewhere, and I still need to work on myself. I still need to focus on getting better. But if mm-hmm. the, the real secret to happiness is falling in love with that challenge, and whether it's walking outside, exercising, all these things we're discussing, creating something, even if mm-hmm. you know no one's going to read it, you know, just the act of doing it and being alive is a precious gift. Exactly. It's meant to be enjoyed. Yes. Good point. All right, so we're coming to the end of our time, unfortunately, because I feel like we could keep on going. Um, <laughs> so where can people find your books? My books are on Amazon. Um, they're available, I believe, on the Kindle. And uh, so you can just type in Derek Scarzella. Um, and you spell your name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so D-E-R-E-K, the right way to spell Derek. And then Scarzella, S-C-A-R-Z-E-L-L-A. I'm the only one on Amazon. I've checked. And, um, it's the vicious game and knuckle crack bone. And you can always find me um, on my website, actionagogo.com. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at actionagogo and Instagram at actionagogo. Um, and that's just, you can find all sorts of awesome there. I could go on and on, but that's a great way to find me and reach out if you ever want to chat. Excellent. And I will put those links in the description below. So be sure to click them, give Derek a follow, show your support. Um, and any final words or thoughts that you wanted to share? Um, you know, again, someone out there loves you, do it for them. Have fun, rock and roll. Let's get to it. Excuse awesome. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Thank you so much, Derek, for being on the show and taking time to share with us. Oh, thank you, Randy Lee. This was a wonderful experience. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. I hope you all enjoyed that interview with Derek. It was very enlightening. I had a ton of fun talking to him and we just kept on talking after I stopped the recording. So probably have to get him back on the show. Make sure that you check out his links down below in the description. Show your support. Hit that like and subscribe button to show your support for the Write or Die show. And of course, remember that the only way to end the stigma with mental health is to speak openly and honestly.